Hello Real Life Church, it's Melanie Crane here live from the tent in my garden. Um, yeah, the tent is still up and the little boys are still wanting to sleep in it and I am joining them in it. I have had some lovely times with God out in the tent this week and like the boys have been asleep by nine and, and I've had a good book, my bible, my journal, a little uh, reading light and I've spent a couple of hours with God uninterrupted. It's been absolutely bliss and there has been some surprising things happen in lockdown. This is a surprise for me that I would find my place in the garden in a tent and I would find my time with Jesus outside in the garden in a tent. So I'm hoping that some of what God has spoken to me about in this place is kind of residing here. I wanted to speak from the tent because I just felt God had been doing some stuff here. So I'm, I'm hoping you pick up on some of that. I'm going to share with you a dream that I had at the start of the year that has sat with me. It's not left me. It's been something God has been uh, kept on coming back to and showing me. So I, I want to tell you about the dream. I want to bring some scriptures and I want to give some help in how we can respond uh, to what God is saying um, to us as a local church. Um, so I'm, I'm going to explain the dream. So in my dream, I saw a vast piece of land and around the land was a perimeter of fence. And, and as I walked into the land as I as I walked around the land I felt the spirit whisper to me and say this is your land for a life church and I, and I looked around it and I thought it, it felt to me uh, too big for what we actually needed or even the size we were and 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 so I, I, I was preoccupied with that and then I started to notice people starting to uh, move and they, they were moving towards the fences and they had toolboxes and some of them just had their bare hands and 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 people started to make gates they started to make openings in the land and I and I could see um, well I, I built it in Lego so um, see see if you can if you can get what I'm talking about so so basically um, people started to build gates that were ornate and, and were taking a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy uh, to open up. There were some people who were literally just breaking down gaps in the fence and making a gateway. So, so their gateway was literally just take the, the fence down. And there were others who were making fairly ordinary, everyday gates. Um, and some who were making like styles, kissing gates, uh, like double gates, single gates, garden gates. There, there were just gates everywhere around the land. And then I felt God say in a loud voice, real life church, open up the gates. And and, I, and and something in me just just like oh, just stirred. I just felt excited. Um, and so that that was the dream. I want to talk you through a few scriptures, and I want to try and be helpful as to what I think God is saying to us right now in this season. There you go. So if you've got a Bible, open it up to Deuteronomy. If you don't have a Bible, you can listen to me. I'm going to read it for you. But if you would like a Bible, we would love to sort that out. So please get in touch with us. If you don't own a Bible and you think, I'd love to have a go at reading the Bible, uh, please get in touch with us. You need to open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 to 6. I'm going to read it for you when I find it. 
Deuteronomy 6, 4-6, it says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, I'm going to go through a few gates. The first gate I want to I want to look at is is a gateway or a gate for the young, and and I I think out there in real life church are teachers, writers, and communicators. And I don't mean that this is what you do for your job necessarily. You may do it for your job. So I'm not talking about teachers who are qualified teachers. I'm talking about those who have something to bring to the young, who have something to pass on, who have something to repeat, who have something to write on gateposts, who have something to bring, communicate, uh, like, like influence, who have that in their mix, in their tool bag. It, it's who you are, it's what you pulse with, it's, it's what you most love to do. Um, I, the young need teachers and, and we know that, don't we? The young need to be taught. We all need to be taught. The young need to be taught and they need teachers who love to teach. They need communicators. They need writers. They need those who will give themselves to make sure what, what God is sharing with them can be understood and, and can be heard. And, and I would say that if you are a teacher, if you carry a heart for passing on, for teaching, for building up for the young, for, for repeating, for, for bringing generations through, I would say work out ways to do it work out ways to bring what God has put in your heart what God has placed inside of you and there are from this scripture I believe there are there are a few things that we must teach the young so firstly we must teach the young there is one God there is one God he is your God so he loves you he is for you he you belong to him and you should love him so there is one God, he is your God, and you should love him. The young need to know that, we all need to know that. We need to know there is one God, we need to know he is our God, he loves us as a belonging, we're a people, and we need to know that we should love him. So if you're a teacher, if you live with this, I want to say open up the gates. Get on places where you can teach. Some of you are waiting for a stage. Some of you are waiting for a platform and you've kind of got this attitude of I won't teach till I've got a proper stage, till I've got a proper place and I want to say to you stop that. Teach wherever God gives you influence, wherever God gives you a platform. So if it is in your home, teach. If it is amongst your, your if it is in your job, if it is in the classroom, teach. If it is online, teach. If it is through writing things down for preparing stuff, teach. If it is on social media, now I know I go on about this, but I find social media to be one of the most wasted teaching platforms by Christians. I think there is so much we can say and do and communicate with it. And I think we waste our time on things that don't matter. Not in, not in terms of the kingdom, things that don't 
matter in terms of opening up gates so that people can come in, so that people can see God, find God, know God. So I would say if your platform is social media, use it and use it well. If you work with kids, young people, if you work with young adults, if you work amongst the young, stir up your teaching gift, stir up your writing gift, stir up the communicator in you and work out ways to communicate truth that there is one God, that he is our God and that we should love this God. Work out ways to communicate that, to, to get that through to people. I, I feel like in these days, teachers need to arise. Not waiting for platforms, not waiting for stages, but getting out wherever you can. I have been involved in uh, working with young people since I got saved. So since I was 20, so I am now 45, I have been involved in teaching the young. I write, I physically teach, I use whatever platform God would give me. It's only been recent for me that I would teach on a stage to grown-ups. The majority of my time has been spent out in back room teaching the young, going into schools, teaching the young, spending time in coffee shops, round ice creams, teaching the young. I would say if you're a teacher, come on, let's get the gates open. Let's bring to the next generation that there is one God. He is our God and you should love him. Okay, next scripture, Psalm 24. Psalm 24, Psalm 24, verse 6 to 8, it says this, Such people may ask you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory come in. The next gate is worship. You see, worship leaders... And I'm going to explain what I think a worship leader is in a minute. But worship leaders are gate makers. They're gate makers because they open gates and let the king of glory come in. Can you think of a better job, a better thing to do than open up gates and let the king of glory come in? Let him roam around, let him own the land, let him speak to people, let him encounter people. Like I, I literally, I can't think of a better thing to spend our lives doing than opening up gates and letting the king of glory come in. I think we have to keep a check on this gate. We have to make sure that this gate stays open. We have to have people on that gate who are checking what we're singing, what we're saying, what we're communicating. Who, like, like when people ask, who is this king of glory? We've got to have people on the gates who know him. We've got to have people on the gates who encounter him and, and love him. I, I want to say worship leaders, musicians, songwriters, anyone involved in, 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 the, in the worship of Jesus, I want to say rise up. Open up your gates, stir your gifting up, like take lessons, practice, do, do whatever to allow the King of Glory to come in. Spend time in your Bible, spend time worshipping him. I want to tell you what worship leaders look like. I hope this is okay for me to do this because I've spent like years looking around uh, for worship leaders and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what they look like. I don't think you find a worship leader on a stage. 
I don't think they look like a person who is on a stage. I think worship leaders look like people who know Jesus. They look like people who've encountered him. They don't look like people that were made for stages. They look like people that were made for heaven. They look like people who love him, enjoy him, whose faces shine with him. They look like people who go through tough stuff with him. So some of some of like some of the people who I look at and think, I know you to be a worship leader is because I've watched them go through such pain and such anguish and such despair, but cling on to Jesus and sing through it and worship through it. There are people in our church who I look at and I think, man, you you lead us in worship because you've suffered and yet you cling on to him like nothing else yet you sing through your tears yet you sing through your anguish yet you sing through your weeping worship leaders you can tell them by how they talk so loads of their conversation is about him his glory songs like so like some worship leaders i know they practically sing as they're talking there's like there's something there's a melody about them and and I, I don't I don't think you can teach that I think there is something of an anointing a gifting they are men and women who've been face to face with the saviour they're men and women who can take you places that that you might not have been yet or, or that you long for or that you want to get to some of them stand on stages but Many of them are in our life groups. Many of them are out there on social media. Many of them are in jobs where, where they can bring something of the presence of God. But by the way they are, the way they talk, the songs they sing, the things they listen to. So I want to encourage you that if you are a musician, if you are a songwriter, if you are a singer, if you are a worship leader to pick up your tools and start making gates these are the gates i think you can make i think you can start writing songs in this season for this time for now i think you can start writing songs that speak about the king of glory coming in that speak about him entering into dark places locked places despair that, that talk about hope and a future if you love to pick songs get songs out there that are that are current, that have a prophetic edge to them, that have something to speak into our culture. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you allow into that most beautiful place where God is, is seeking to enter in and dwell. I would say use social media to get stuff out there. I, I'm absolutely determined that we take this thing that has the potential to wreck community and wreck life and we actually take it and we turn it on its head and we sing songs and we preach words and we bring hope and we bring future out there to people who are so desperate for it. So sing songs, find songs, find them anywhere and bring them. Bring songs that talk about Jesus, sing, read your Bibles, like worshippers who are rich in the word I, I tell you the stuff that comes out of them is beautiful there's some of you who who know that songwriting is in your mix you just this there's, there's some fear attached to it you just won't give it the time because you think if I go there I might face rejection I might I, I want to say to you open up those gates get your tools out let let's have a go and and if you fail a few times if you stumble if you fall you can get back up again 
and have another go. There's breakthrough, I'm sure, coming with songs that, that have something of an edge on them. Don't wait for platforms. Don't wait for permission. If you're a worship leader, lead and get these gates open. Next scripture, Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62, Isaiah 62, verse 9 to 11. It says this. You raise the grain and you will eat it, praising the Lord. Within the courtyards of the temple, you yourself will drink the wine you have pressed. Go out through the gates, prepare a highway for my people to return. Smooth out the road, pull out the boulders, raise a flag for the nations to see. See, we need people who will go out through the gates, get in amongst the dirt, grab up the boulder, smooth out the path and make it easy for people to come in. There is a land outside of our land that's rocky, that's full of boulders, that, that needs people to just get down in the dirt and smooth it out. There is a people who are lost to church. There is a people who God wants as a part of his church. There is a people who have tried God and tried church and they've not been necessarily disappointed with God but they've been disappointed with church and, and they've gone. Ben brought a, a fabulous word um, uh, a while back at the start of the year I think um, about the valley of dry bones and he, and, he, and he said and I've never really thought about it like this and I, and I love the prophetic for that. It, he said that the bones once had life they were once living they were once active and, and what and what they did in prophesying to the bones is they brought life back and, and he felt this real sense of God bringing those who were out of church, lost to church, home. And we've seen that in real life church so many times. We've seen people who've been hurt in church, lost to church, been away from God, making their way back in. And, and I want to suggest there are some boulders, there are some ways that we can smooth. And there are people out there, some of you are listening and you think, I remove boulders, I smooth paths, I, I love to make a way for people to come in. So let me suggest some ways that we can remove boulders. It is difficult for people to hear the gospel when they are hungry. Like, like, like it is difficult for you to hear that God is good when your family are starving when you are struggling week to week to feed, to provide, it is difficult to hear. It's a boulder we can work at. And I know what it's like to feel like the, the problem with poverty is so massive. What I love about this bit in Isaiah is I feel like there are individuals down in the ground removing boulders. I, I read in Pete Gregg's book, Dirty Glory, he says this, a truly Christian response to suffering is essentially personal so I know some will change politics and policies I know that I know there are people listening who will do that but many of us it will be personal response to suffering that we see so we will fill a single bag for a person and drop it off at Jax's house to get to someone who is rough sleeping we will bring a bit of shopping in to help fill a family's bag who are struggling they're just living on the edge and every month they 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 sometimes make it and they sometimes topple over it's a personal response to suffering and there's something about the word compassion when Stuart said in the feeding of the 5,000 that, that the father had compassion I went back and looked up the word compassion 
Um, and what it actually means is a gut-wrenching reaction to despair. It's, it involves your internal organs. It, it's something where your gut goes, oh, I can't see that. I can't live with that. And, and you do something about it. And I feel like that's what it's got to be. So some of you have a gut reaction. You know there are boulders you can move. You know there are things you can just get out of the way with your bare hands. You can get down in the dirt. And there's a lovely, I think there's a lovely thing in Jesus that he seems to combine this glorious king with getting his hands dirty. And I think we've got to be like that as his people. So I would say we've got to be involved in feeding the poor, in, in relieving suffering, in, in, in dealing with injustice. We've got to get our hands dirty. We've got to get down there. And then there are ways I think that we can smooth out the path. I, I think we can smooth things out with kindness, with encouragement. I think we can smooth out things with with ways that we just with our own hands, we can just move things around and enable people to walk in through a gate. So you might think of ways that you can be kind, ways that you can. Those are gates. They might be that you smooth a path and someone comes in through the gate. Um, Catherine Long um, mentioned to me last week, I think, that she had this thing on her heart about real life heroes. So I've had some cards made um, and we're going to launch this next week. And it, it was on our heart that we would thank people. We would say, we recognise you as a real life hero. So I've, I've made some cards that just on the front say real life heroes. And on the back it says, you've been nominated by and then you write your name on it and it says because we recognize that in the lockdown you have been working hard to make it easier for us might be shopkeepers neighbors might be people you know who are teachers it might be the nhs it might it might be um your, your bin man it might it, it just might be someone that you think i just want to acknowledge it so we've produced some cards that you can put with a chocolate bar or just the card and you can say i see you and that act of kindness smooths out, smooths out a path and helps people come in. I want to suggest another boulder or another way that we can remove boulders is by praying. There has never been a move of God without a people who are reduced to their knees, scrabbling around, digging out boulders. We need to pray. We need to be a people that feed the poor, we need to get creative in the ways that we smooth out the path and we bring encouragement and we bring kindness in. We need to be those people. And we've got to pray. We've got to get down on our hands and knees. And prayer is dirty. Prayer is dirty business. It costs us. It costs us to get up early and do it. It costs us to be on a Zoom meeting at eight o'clock at night when we're tired and we're spent. It's dirty business prayer because it's about his glory. Because it's about seeing lives transformed. It's about us saying, we can't do this without you, God. We can't see our land filled. We can't see the, the people coming in through the gates unless you move. So I want to suggest that we write cards, that we speak, that we, that we flood the food bank with food, that we, we give, that we, that we work out ways. But I want to suggest that some of the biggest boulders are going to be shifted into our land by prayer. I want to suggest that people will literally be able to walk along paths and come in our gates because we have simply prayed, because we have simply said to God, unless the Lord builds it, we're going to build in vain. 
unless he comes, we won't see the land occupied in the way that we should. Okay, next, Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says this, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gates are wise for, wide for many choose that way. But the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. And then I want you to flip over to Hebrews 13, verse 11 to 13. So it says this. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of an animal into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin, and the body of the animals were burnt outside the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make a people holy by means of his own blood. You see, the cross is a gate. The cross is the gate of all gates. The cross is the way we get in. You only enter this land by his blood it's the only way the gates narrow you come by the blood or you don't come at all there's one way in here it's called jesus christ and we love him honor him follow him serve him we recognize that he died in our place for all our sin but it's a gate it's a gate and it's the gate that leads to many gates but it's a gate that we need to come in by. Jesus went outside of the land, he went outside of the city for a people. He went outside of the gates in order to win a people, in order to purchase a people for God, in order to save a people, in order to say, come in. The gate's narrow, the gate to hell is wide. We know that. It's wide, it's, it's come as you are, do what you like. Live whatever life you want to live now. It's appealing. It's not the gate you want to go in by. You come by the blood or you don't come at all. We exist as a local church for those who are outside of the gates. It doesn't mean we think they're more important. It doesn't mean we don't love the church. I love the church. I think the church is, is God's bride on the earth. I think she's what the lost are going to come into. But we exist. We still draw breath. We're still here because there are people outside of the city gates. And the cross, you see, the cross went down as a post. It went down into the dirt. It went down into the ground. And then the king of glory died on it. He made a way for us to come. And we need this preached. And so I want to suggest that a gate for us is the preaching of the word weekly. And I know we're, we're not being gathered together on Sundays in the same way, but we still got to get the truth out there. I want to honour men like Stuart who stand week in, week out and preach this truth. They're a gate. I want to honour women who stand week in, week out and preach this truth. I want to honour preachers and I know there are many who will teach and that, to be honest there are not many who will stand on a platform. There are many who will teach but right now I want to say preachers you are a gate. 
And we have to keep telling the truth that the gate into this city is narrow. You come by the blood or you don't come at all. You come through Jesus Christ. He is the way. And we need this preached weekly. We need reminders. We need Sunday meetings. Oh man, I cannot wait for us to be able to open that gate up again. But until then, we're going to get our church out there online and we're going to open up gates so that men and women can come in and hear the truth, so that people can be saved. In, 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 in all revivals, when you read about them, there is prayer. There, there are people down on their knees removing boulders. There are songs that literally light it up. Like if you look at the Wesley revival, oh man, the songs that came out of there. There are songs that are sung that talk about uh, encounters with God that are like nothing else. And the word is preached and it's preached in church buildings. If it's not allowed in there, it's out in the fields. It goes house to house. The preaching of the word is a gate and it's a gate we must keep open. It's a gate we must keep on um, using it's a gate we must keep on inviting people through people will just get saved simply because you say come to church and they come in through that gate and they encounter the narrow gate they they meet the one they come in through that 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 gate that says come be a part of us and then they come in through the narrow gate they meet Jesus Christ because they've heard the preaching of the word because something in the spirit has met with their spirit and it has transformed them it has caused them to come back to life and then lastly this one so revelation and we're going to get to the pearly gates oh i love this 21 revelation 21 and it's 21 to 26 the 12 gates were made of pearls each gate from a single pearl and the main street was pure as gold as clear as grass i saw no temple in the city for the lord almighty and the lamb are its temple and the city had no need for sun or moon for the glory of god illuminates the city and the lamb is its light the nations will walk in its light and the kings of this world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never close because there is no night here. And all the nations will bring their glory and honour into the city. See, at the end of the book, there's a new city, there's a new land. And it has 12 gates made of pearls. And, and once you're in it, it never closes it's there for eternity. And in that land, the king of glory lights it up. Like, it's amazing. But what we need to understand is that book, Revelation, was written by John. And he was a gate. He was a gate because he saw things in God. Because he saw a city. Because he dreamt things. Because he was a seer. Because he imagined a future. Because he brought something of, of the future of God into the now. Because he opened people's eyes. Because he said, this is coming. And for some of you, you are dreamers, seers. Your, your gate is to open it up in the prophetic. And you probably are the ones building the ornate ones. You're probably the ones taking the time. You're probably the ones building with such detail. And and, and it's so like like ornate, it looks like it belongs. Like like in heaven, it looks like it belongs somewhere else. I say that because I'm one of those. 
I'm one of those who see stuff, who, who experience stuff, who know stuff, who sees it as if it's now. It's such a frustration to live with, to see things as if they're now and then to realise that they're not, that you're not quite there yet. But I want to stir you. If you are seers, dreamers, if you see stuff, it's a gate. It's a gate for the lost to walk in through without a shadow of a doubt. It's a gate for lost people to walk in through. There's a fascination with the spiritual, with, with the supernatural. It's a gate for lost people to walk in through. It's a gate for those lost to church to walk in through. It's a gate for our own people to walk in and inhabit the land. It says that God has a future for you, that it looks like this. It warns people. It tells people this is coming. So it's a gate. I want to encourage you if you live with that gift. And some of you live with that gift and you're you're running small businesses or you're, you're entrepreneurial with the gift. Some of you live with that gift and you're teaching and you're, you're, you're telling people what you see and what you know some of you live with that gift and you work with millions of pounds and you see things and you know things and uh, to be honest it doesn't matter how that gift manifests just open up the gates open up the gates and let the king of glory come in open up the gates and let people see the land that God has got I want to end this with something that I read that John Wesley wrote he wrote this do all the good you can so gate makers do all the good you can by all the means you can so whatever tools you've got whatever gate like like just get going in all the ways you can so so in all the different ways that you can make gates in all the places that you can wherever you reside wherever you inhabit at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can i want to stir you real life church gate makers make gates real life church open up the gates make use of your gifts make use of the time inhabit the land that god has given you smooth out paths pick out boulders help people make it into the land that god has given us remember it's vast the land he has given us and we're to inhabit it alongside millions of other people. So I'm going to end there. I'm going to pray. And then you can stay online and listen to other things from Real Life Church. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we love the land you've given us. We love the tools you've placed in our hand. We love the ways in which we can open up gates. We say, come, Lord Jesus, help us to build, help us to tear down fences, help us to make gates, help us to inhabit the land, help us to smooth out paths, get rid of boulders, help us to help people in. We recognise you are the narrow gate and we come by the blood or we don't come at all. And we willingly come by the blood. We willingly come through your sacrifice, Jesus. We love you, honour you. We want to serve you and enjoy you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All that's left for me to say, Real Life Church, is wash your hands and stay close to Jesus. <laughs>